Welcome to the Star Singer Podcast. I'm Tiffany, and I'm here to help you to transform your singing into standing ovation-worthy performances and auditions. You can be cast in your dream role, and you can give amazing performances and feel confident about how you sound. So let's do this. Hello, before we get started, I'm so excited to invite you to my free class called Get Cast Fast, Four Steps to Earning Your Dream Music Theater Role. We're going to go through the three biggest mistakes that singers and performing auditioners make, and we're going to go through the dream role framework so that you can finally earn that dream role that you deserve. I'm so excited to invite you, and you can go to starsinger.co slash p slash register to register and I'll leave that link in the description or you can DM me on Instagram at starsingerco. Now that you've registered, let's start this episode. Alright, today we're doing something completely different. Today I asked a bunch of voice teachers vocal coaches, voice professionals. Now, some, okay, so let's just clear this up right now. So a voice teacher is someone who is going to teach you how to sing, right? Where a vocal coach might be someone who is polishing for a performance or an audition. I do both, but my absolute favorite is the vocal coaching aspect of things. So that's why I'm like voice teachers and vocal coaches, because some people consider themselves slightly different if they're working on a different specialty. Like, for example, um, when I was in undergraduate, I had a voice teacher and a voice coach, and they were completely different people. And my voice coach helped me with things like pronunciation, coordinating the timing with my accompanist, that kind of um, character analysis, that kind of thing. So just to clear that up as we're just learning as we go here, but I thought it'd be really fun to bring a whole bunch of different guests on this show and ask one question and hear a whole bunch of different answers. So the one question is, what do you wish you would have known before you started your singing journey? And I am so excited to share all of these answers with you Because if you think about it, like if all of these people who have been in singing for 10 years or more, which it's probably way more, that's a lot of experience, right? It's going to be like over 50 or 60 years of experience coming at you right now. So this is like gems and pearls of wisdom. And I am loving, I have listened to the responses and they're so good. They're so good. And I am so so excited and I want you to listen to see if you hear anything a couple of times because if you keep hearing I've taken it as a sign from the universe that if you keep hearing the same thing multiple times it's probably from different sources it's probably something that you should start to focus on so see if you can pick some of those out and I hope that you really enjoy this episode hello my name is Brian Lee I can be found online at vocalability.com. That's where you can find out about my teaching and my writing and my blog and book. I would like to answer this question. 
What's the number one thing that you wish you would have known as you were starting your singing journey? I wish I would have known that anyone can become a good singer with good instruction and good practice. I was under the impression when I was young that you sort of either had it or not, and that there was no such thing as a diamond in the rough. And I know now that's completely untrue and that almost anyone can become a good singer. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. And I loved what you said about talent, about how you don't just have it or don't. Oh, you know, you guys, you know that I could go off on this about talent versus experience. You don't need more experience and you don't need talent. You just need some guidance from a professional vocal expert, vocal coach, somebody that you trust, a plan, some vocal exercises that are going to work for you to help you to achieve your goals. You don't need talent and you don't need experience. So I love that. Stop the excuse making. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Brian. Hi, Tiffany. This is Chuck Gilmore with Power to Sing. You can find me at powertosing.com and also have a YouTube channel by the same name, Power to Sing. What's the number one thing that you wish you would have known as you were starting your singing journey? The number one thing I wished I'd known was that what I thought was the top of my voice was not actually the top. So let me explain. I could only sing higher than the E above middle C. And when I started studying voice, my teacher didn't have any information that would change that assumption. And so all of my life, until I was 43 years old, I thought that the E above middle C was the end or the top of my singing voice. I wished I had known that that was not the case, that in fact, it was the beginning of this bridge area of my voice, which leads into head voice. The Italians call it passaggio, right? If I'd known that, a lot of things would have been different in my singing experiences. Thank goodness I found that out. So in other words, what that means is that there is a way to sing through the E, F, F sharp and get into head voice. And so um, if I had been able to do something like be able to go right through that E F F sharp. And what I had just what I just demonstrated, I would have never dreamed in a thousand years that would have ever been possible. So that's changed the whole landscape of singing for me. And I wish I'd known that when I first started out. Thanks. What a great question. Amazing. And if you are a female, that transition would sound like this. My, 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 my. And nice and smooth. I am so excited that Chuck brought this up because this is something I think that really holds singers back. 
and it is so wonderful to have a male voice perspective on this because I feel like this is something that men kind of struggle with as well more frequently than women. Um, I'm not sure because I'm I am not a man. I'm not sure if it has to do with the voice change and how much more dramatic it is for men because females go through a voice change as well. But as we know, the male voice change is much more dramatic and the range is expanded in a much greater way that the connection between the head voice and the chest voice can just maybe feel like it's further apart. And culturally, men don't feel maybe comfortable with using that head voice or falsetto. But as Chuck demonstrated and he said as well, he wished that he knew that it was a possibility to sing in head voice, you know, because that expands the range. It gives you so much more range and not just range, like vocal range. It gives you so much more range in the variety of songs that you can now sing because of your access to this head voice. So this is amazing. And if you're wanting to learn more about that, we did like a four episode series on bridging and connecting the vocal break. Um, episode 140 is all about your vocal break. Episode 141 is tips to switch between the head and the chest voice easily. And episode 142 is all about your head voice. Thank you so much, Chuck. I'm so glad you brought this up and could also give a male perspective. And this is, a, this is amazing. You guys, if you are starting to hear the same things from more than one person, then you know that it's probably something that you should definitely focus on. So thank you again so much, Chuck. Amazing. Hi, my name is Crystal Barron. I am at www.crystalvoicestudio.com. What's the number one thing that you wish you would have known as you were starting your singing journey? Well, I think the most important thing for me was, if, if I could go back in time, is vocal health is everything. And a big part of that is when you're young, um, when you're a teenager and in your early 20s, you can get away with a lot of vocal abuse and your body will recover very, very quickly and it won't, it'll still be there for you. As you age, that doesn't happen anymore. And all those uh, bad choices that you make in your teenage and your 20 years, they come back to you. And um, at a certain point, your body won't put up with the nonsense anymore. So vocal health is the most important piece of your training. And it needs to be at the forefront all the time. If that foundation is strong and you know that you're making healthy choices, your voice will do anything that you want it to do. If you don't and you beat it up, um, at some point, your voice is going to stop cooperating with you. Usually somewhere in the mid, early mid-30s is when the voice just goes, hey, I'm not going to tolerate your nonsense anymore. So that's something that I think would have been so beneficial for me to have really understood as a young singer just starting out. Crystal, thank you so much. Yes, I totally agree. And think this is 
an amazing thing to bring up as, you know, what you would wish that you knew, but it is an amazing point because a lot of singers are so worried. You might be worried about how you sound. And a lot of people sound really good, but don't know and don't understand that the way that they're singing and the technique that they're using is putting stress on their voice. Sometimes it's very subtle and you can't hear that strain and that's why you need a professional like Crystal or myself to help you out and help you to sing with correct healthy technique. Because it's not just about, we've talked about vocal health, like vocal health with your body. We've talked about, you know, protecting your voice. But Crystal's right. I mean, your voice can mature up until the age of about 35. Usually the human voice is in its prime between 35 and 45, which is kind of awesome because in a lot of other sports, I mean, we, t we max out much, much earlier than that as humans. So it is amazing that we don't max out until about the years between the ages of 35 and 45. But it is very similar to an athlete, you know, where you'll get a little bit older. And, and when I say a little bit older, I mean, I mean a little bit older, right? Like, as soon as you get to your maybe mid-20s, even, like, physically, if you are physically active, you start to get there and you start to notice small changes in your flexibility, in your strength, in your stamina. And it's exactly the same for the voice. So this is such an amazing thing to keep in mind. You know, stop worrying about how you sound because the majority of the time you sound amazing and start really practicing in a way that is technically beneficial for the vocal longevity of your voice. How can you build in these habits that are going to keep your voice healthy and allow you to sing throughout your entire life in a comfortable and healthy way? That's what we want. Amazing. Thank you so much, Crystal. Hey there, this is Daniel Formica at YourVocalTeacher.com answering question one, what's the number one thing that you wish you would have known as you were starting your singing journey? And I think that would be don't be afraid to audition your voice coach or your voice teacher. Um, they should be able to sing what it is you're looking to learn how to sing. I love it. Thank you so much, Daniel. Yeah, audition your voice teacher. And that doesn't mean that you have to do it to death. You know, you don't have to try like 20 teachers because they're not good enough for you. But don't settle on that one voice teacher in your small town just because that's all that you have access to. On the internet, you have access to a whole bunch of people. And you should choose the teacher that you vibe with and the teacher that is going to be open to ideas and not let you give up. So that is such great advice. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hello, Tiffany. It's Spencer Welch here. And the question that I'd like to answer is, 
What is the number one thing I wish I would have known back when I was starting my singing journey? And that would have to be that singing is a skill like any other. Any other skill, learning how to do karate, learning how to do pottery, that it can be learned and it can be learned through training. And of course, that sounds like a really obvious thing for a vocal coach who trains people for a living to say. But back when I was starting, if I could go back and talk to young Spencer, 1980s singing Spencer, you know, back in those days, I would look at my singing heroes like Stevie Wonder or Steve Perry and listen to the ease that they had as they would sing those high notes and the freedom that they would have to stylize over such a large range. And I would think these guys must be freaks of nature. They obviously were born with an immense amount of talent that I'll just never have. Um, and so the reason why I don't have a very good range is my lack of talent. The reason why I can't stylize the way I'd love to is my lack of talent. And uh, unfortunately, some of my early voice teachers kind of exacerbated that issue because when they would try to teach me how to extend my range or do something that you know was very challenging for me and I wouldn't get it, they would either let me off the hook by saying, oh, well, you're just a baritone. You don't need to be able to sing high, which is not true on either count. I'm not a baritone and baritones need to learn how to sing in their upper register. Or they would try and teach me based on their imagery and their sensations, how they felt singing in a way that helped them. And then they would uh, uh, put that on me and then blame me for having a lack of talent if I couldn't figure out what they were talking about. But it was just vague and it wasn't very cause and effect style of teaching. So through all of that, what I've learned is that when we label good singers, when we label them as being talented, as being freaks of nature, we're really doing two things. Number one, we are discounting all the hours and years of sweat and tears and practice and training that they've put in to becoming as great as they are. You know, it's like Pavarotti said, uh, singing through the passaggio is easy after 20 years, you know, so these people have put in their 10,000 hours and more. It's not just genetics. It's not just natural talent, you know, that they were just an overnight sensation. They've put in a lot of work to get to that place. And so what that does is then the second thing is that it also then gives us an out. It, it allows us to let ourselves off the hook from actually trying to better ourselves, from actually saying, if I practice, if I train, if I work hard, I can better myself, I can increase my range, I can achieve more freedom in my voice and style and all and tone and all of these things that I would love to have in my voice. If I just say, oh, those people are amazing and they're freaks, then that just lets me off the hook to just sit here and do nothing and actually not put in the work 
that it's going to take and that it takes for anyone to get to a place of greatness. It's like what they say, good is the enemy of great. Um, and so, you know, the way I look at it is that, yes, genetics do play a part. When we talk about someone who's the, a voice of a generation, comes along once in a generation, yeah, of course, there's a lot of training and a lot of good genetics that are coming together there. But that doesn't mean that things like range and ease and freedom and expression and style can't be taught. Um, really, what it comes down to is the student's willingness to learn and train and work hard and the effectiveness of the teacher's instruction. So, so many times we get in our own ways. Uh, I was my own worst enemy back in those days by telling myself I just wasn't talented enough. And so I would never amount to a very good singer. So anyways, I hope that that's uh, helpful and I look forward to hearing back from you. Take care. Yes. Oh my gosh, Spencer. Yes. Singing is a skill that you could develop. And it's so funny that you said karate because I don't know if the listeners know, but I'm actually a fourth degree black belt and I taught karate. It was actually my first job. I got paid to assist and then later on teach karate classes. And I did that all the way through college. It was a big part of growing up and it's a big part of who I am now as a teacher and as a person and in karate we're taught to you know focus and really look towards our goals and earning those belts I mean there's a set goal you're always looking towards that next belt and you're always excited to learn more and just the just karate is such a brilliant analogy and it works so well for me because, yeah, you can do it. And I have seen so many people work hard and stick to it and develop that karate skill. It's the same thing with singing, and I don't know why people think it's any different. Yeah, you can have talent for something, but you can also work hard. And you can also learn the skills and use the skills to do what you want to do. And if you have, it is super rare. It is so rare for people to have both talent and the discipline to develop that skill. It is so rare. And when that happens, amazing things happen. You literally see what we used to call in karate a superstar. It was kind of a joke, but it's also true. Like, wow, that kid is a superstar. Like, he has talent, but he's also working really hard. I find that a lot of times people who are super talented can actually be at a disadvantage because they don't think that they have to work hard. And then as they advance and get further and further ahead, what happens is they find themselves, you know, the, the big fish in a little pond. They start to become a smaller and smaller fish in a bigger and bigger pond. And because they're so used to getting compliments and getting talent on their voice and, oh, you're so talented and they haven't put in the work, they just end up giving up. So it's actually a blessing to have both some talent, 
not being like the super greatest, amazing voice of our generation, but to have some talent, but also have the discipline and the focus to develop that talent and turn it into a skill, something you can be proud of. I've said before, I don't care for the compliment, you have a great voice, because that doesn't mean anything. That means you were born with a great voice. I'd much rather prefer to hear someone say, wow, you're an amazing singer, or that was such a great performance, because that compliment shows that you have skill, which to me is so much more impressive. So I totally agree. Thank you so much. Hey, Tiffany, my name is Matt Farnsworth. And first of all, thank you for asking me to do this. You can find me online at mattfarnsworthvoice.com or on Instagram at mattfarnsworthvoice. And the question I'm answering is, what is the number one thing I wish I would have known as I was starting my singing journey? And I think it's a great question, number one. But number two, I think I wish I would have known that there's not just one correct way to sing. Um, I also wish I would have known that anytime something doesn't feel right in my throat or goes against my natural instincts, that it probably isn't as correct as it can be. I had, uh, I worked with a couple different teachers, um, that had me doing things that they said were correct. That just didn't feel quite right. And I trusted them. And then I always would go back to my natural. Luckily I had other teachers at the same time that would say, trust your natural instincts. So I would go back and kind of implement what they were trying to do, but maybe just a little easier or maybe in a little different way. And I always trusted myself and my own talent and my voice before handing over all my power to a teacher. So I always encourage my singers to work with their own voice independently. And if anything ever doesn't feel right or good or fantastic, that it probably isn't as good as it can be. And, um, you know, most of my singers say to me, gosh, this feels just like I used to sing before I started taking voice lessons. <laughs> and that's always a great thing for me to hear because I know that they're singing correctly in their um, natural instrument and that the technique is something that shades the natural instrument into being a better natural instrument, not the thing that overtakes the instrument itself. Yes, trust yourself. Amazing. Thank you so much, Matt. I love this. Trust yourself and trust your teacher, but don't, but trust yourself, really. I mean, and your teacher is there to help you to develop who you are as a singer and help you to like unlock all of that potential and help you to see what your voice actually is. Part of that learning is you knowing and understanding and using your intuition to help your own self get better. And if you and your voice teacher are both working together and following your intuition and trusting each other and trusting yourself, you're only going to get better and better. Like you're climbing a ladder each time, you know, it's like you're grabbing the ladder and one hand is, you know, you trusting your teacher. And the other hand is you trusting yourself and then you trust yourself and you trust your teacher. And as you grab each one of these ladder rungs, you just climb higher and higher and feel 
even better. I know that might have been a super strange analogy, but that was what I did when I was talking. It was like a climbing the ladder thing. So I thought I'd just go with it. But Matt, thank you so much. Your voice teacher. This is so interesting because it's, it came up a couple of times how you want to find the right voice teacher for you. And I was so, I mean, I was so lucky in college to be placed with a voice teacher who was so uniquely me. I went into my, when I went into my college auditions, I really had an idea of who I wanted to work with. And when I was placed at first, I was really kind of disappointed. But it ended up being so beautiful because my teacher was so, he used actions and he used body language to explain it. And he came up with these weird and wacky analogies and he was so skilled and so learned, but, you know, didn't have this pompous attitude and wasn't afraid of saying something silly. And he would never tell me the answers scientifically, but we would learn through experience. And I got... I got the science answers in my vocal ped classes, but we would learn through experience, which was so great for me because it lent itself so well to like my experience growing up with, like I said, growing up in karate, we learned by experience and by modeling and following his vocal model and trying different crazy postures while singing. So it worked really well and it ended up being a really good fit and I was just so lucky. And when you're looking for your own voice teacher, you want it to be a good fit. And like so many others have said, you want your teacher to be singing in a way that you want to be singing eventually. You want them to have done the stuff that you want to do. And I was just saying on an Instagram Live the other day that if the first thing that your voice teacher starts to tell you about talk about is breathing, run. Run as quick as you can and don't look back because I truly believe and I'm very opinionated about this <laughs> that you should not learn breathing in your first voice lesson because you don't need it yet. Um, you're just learning to open up and let your voice go. You know, a car doesn't need more gas until it until it moves. Until you push the gas pedal and until you're actually going somewhere, it does not require more gas. Breath is like the gas of singing. So that was a short tangent. I won't go down that rabbit hole. But just as an example, you want it to feel fun. You want it to feel fresh. But don't get this. Someone brought this up. Don't get this. And it was brilliant. Don't get this mixed up with a teacher who's going to let you just do whatever you want and slip by and not do your work and not do your practice and not hold you accountable. That's completely different. But you do need to see eye to eye on what your goals are. And if, you know, you want to sing pop music, but your teacher is not open to that and is only working on classical and insists that you do only art songs for your repertoire, then maybe it's not a good fit. You know, you want to, it's a give and take relationship and you want to be open and receptive to feedback, but you also 
want to make sure, like especially as Matt said, you want to feel it in your gut. Is it right? Feel it in your gut. So as you're looking for a voice teacher, and you should, I mean, honestly, if you're listening to this, if you have been listening to this podcast for a while, if you are serious about your singing, you need to find a mentor of some kind to hold you accountable, to show you the ropes, to be a good vocal model, to help you to achieve your goals. And as you can see, I mean, right here, we just had a whole bunch of different voice professionals, voice teachers, vocal coaches on here. And you might have felt a really strong connection to one of them. Actually, I want you to think about that right now, just as an exercise. Like, think about who you felt a really strong connection with. Because that's going to be practice or, you know, when you're choosing a voice teacher. And I know that many of these teachers do give lessons online. So if you do want to reach out to them, um, we'll leave their information for you in the description. But maybe you prefer to work, you know, locally, and that's okay. And if you do have access to a at least a handful of voice teachers in your area, use this episode to not only inspire you, but start to think about, yeah, this is going to be a good fit, you know, and use this to figure out, you know, which which teacher maybe you would not work well with and why, or which teacher you might work well with and why. So you can use this episode as kind of an intuitive exercise for when you go on your hunt to find a voice teacher, or maybe you're ready to move on because... Sometimes relationships have to end, right? And you're ready for something more or your goals change and that's okay too. So don't be afraid to find a different voice teacher if you need to, if it's time, if you feel it in your gut. This has been such an amazing episode and I have learned so much from all of the amazing voice professionals on this episode. Thank you so much to all of you. You all are amazing and all of you listening you are amazing too. All right, we'll see you next time.